Yo. Can you hear me? You. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you want to end up one or two hour show to get the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Roll with the topic, sort of like the rubber when it's game time, like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates, you beat their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. What's good out there, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports. On the War Room Sports Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan, and I'm in the building with my brother, B. Austin. Uh, Jimmy will join us in just a few. But look, the uh, NBA Finals, man, take four of the NBA Finals haven't gone well for the Cavaliers thus far. We'll spend a bunch of time telling you why, so keep it locked right here. For in-depth coverage of this series and to get in on the conversation, you know what to do. Make sure you join us right now in the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about five minutes when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. Uh, make that 10 right after Fred Purdue comes on and does his thing in the college football segment. That number is 323-410-0012. One last thing before we get it popping, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, you check out archive episodes of our show at warroomsports.com, the War Room Sports mobile app on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and anywhere else you can think of where you do your podcast listening. Yo, B, what up, dog? It's been... What a guan? <laughs> what a guan? Yo, quick question for you, though, man, because of, you know, the way things have been going here in America as of late is um, Kim Kardashian, the new go-to person to get solutions for black problems. Of course. Look at the way these, uh, these other black, look at the way these other black men turn their back on black women and run after Never mind. But yeah, she, uh, she, she, she got something done this week. She got, you know, she got a 22 year felon, Nonviolent drug felon mm-hmm. pardon um, by mm-hmm. President Donald J. Tannen. I mean Trump. <laughs> what do you yeah. thoughts on that? <laughs> um, hey, listen, man. Salute to uh, salute to her uh, for the good that, that that did come about from that visit. But I always marvel at the fact that people still fall for the sleight of hand, right? So instead of engaging in dialogue around true, sweeping, meaningful change and impact to policy and executive decisions, right, he does something that is uh, – it will cause a stir, and it's and – it's, it's, uh, I'm not even sure the word I'm looking for. It's, it's – um, you know, it it, it, it it brings about waves and it's, you know, it's so, oh, man, somebody that was, uh, you know, going to be down for 30 years or 50 years, he pardoned them. But 
what about the actual investment in the dialogue and change uh, to the policies that put that young woman there? And right. when I say that, I think that going to the NFL, tying this into sports, and I think we'll talk about it a little later, Malcolm Jenkins, who I haven't passed, you know, kind of slightly questioned recent as of late, not, not his original, you know, uh, stance, but he did something amazing with his media time uh, this week, you know, in bringing to light just that. Yeah, pointing to, you know, the fact that we get caught up in, you know, the – the, the flashing lights and the glitz of, of the 24-7 media cycle and the social media and all of that and, and all of the wow stuff, which it, it is wonderful that that young woman is coming home and uh, they're going to attribute it to Kim Kardashian, who many of you sisters, just like uh, brothers chase after her, you want to be her and bleach your skin in your head. But that, I don't want to get caught up in that. Yo, she, she got something done for that young woman. We're talking about that, but we're not holding the feet to the fire of the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch in making the actual changes that will bring about, you know, true change for minorities in this country where they deal with law enforcement, legislation, and, and judicial branch. So that's well, kind of my you know. Last week, a lot of the conversation was surrounding who it was going in there to do it. Look, my thing is, I don't care who it is and and what color you are. You know, if you're going to fight for prison reform, like, you know, I I don't really care who you are. I just hope that that sister is, if that's what you're going to call her, you know, Kanye has made her honorary, I guess, but people don't even bang with him no more. So my, my point, though, is, you know, when you first heard the report, you heard this woman's name surrounding it a lot, and you just would hope, like, okay, whether or not she got this done, you hope that there's a broader focus, and it's just not like, okay, I went to bat for this woman, she got out, now I'm done. That's my good deed for the lifetime. Like, I hope she's really going after prison reform, and, you know, sometimes, like, in the country that we live in, man, you, you just have to be famous, popular, to be able to move the needle on anything. Because, you know, we know for a fact that there's been thousands of people fighting for these very same causes um, from day one. And it may not get sensationalized like this because that's what the word somebody on social media with six million followers or however. You know, I just hope that there's a, a broader scope to what she's doing. It's always there's always got to be some level of sensation behind it, and the immediate gratification uh, that comes with you know the sensation, right? Because it's a sense. We're we're oh wow, that's you know that isn't that great? And then just to your to your point, I hope it's not just a media stunt, um, and that the 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 people involved are really committed to change, and and only they know that them and God. We, we, you know, we won't know until we watch their actions uh, if we care to, which if she is committed to that, then, you know, hey, listen, like you said, whoever's willing to fight that fine fight, you know, hey, you got to You got to salute them no matter what their background or where they're coming from or what indiscretions 
um, you know, their culture right. comes even from. If, um, even if Ray J hit it first. All right, so let's let's jump into some hot topics, man, in sports. And before we do, I just want to let you guys know the hot topics. And Fred Purdue's segment is brought to you by MyBookie. What up, fam? Let's talk cash and how much of it you can make betting on sports at my bookie the nba finals and nhl stanley cup finals are both on the brink of conclusion so if you haven't checked them out yet this is a great time to do so lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag not .com mybookie.ag you tired of getting a runaround when it's time for a payout that's why we urge you to join my bookie you win they pay fast without any hassles Wasting your time betting anywhere else? They even have in-game live betting so you can place wagers after tip-off, kickoff, face-off, whatever. Join now and MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Just use promo code WARROOM, all caps, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, to activate this offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid, period. All right, so on the line with us, you guys Know the name, you guys know the game. We're going to talk a little bit of college football here in this college football offseason with the war room expert, Fred Perdue. So we got Fred on the line. Fred, what's going on, good brother? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Man, we we good, man. man it's all you know, crazy, man. Zach Randolph still can't go Living in this crazy world, man, where your your girl Kim Kardashian is out on the front lines getting things done, man. But that's our representation now, man. You know, yeah, right. That's, that's Yo, the new Fred, norm. Don't say that. She saw that spot. <laughs> Peace, she saw that spot that was left vacated by Rachel Dolezal or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> she she saw that spot. Next thing you know, Kim gonna be uh. President of she the looked, NCAA. She looked, she looked and, at the. Uh, I said she NCAA. looked at that. Uh, the uh, very, 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 very melanin challenge sister that just uh, uh, crossed the threshold of the British royalty, uh, Meghan Markle or whatever her name is, and said, "I've had more black in me than you. I'm, I'm more black." So yeah. Step in and now she, she, don't be surprised when she's the president of the uh, NAACP Calabasas chapter. Don't don't be surprised whatsoever. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> You're gonna be rocking in Beverly Hills. All right, slavery so, is a choice. <laughs> in the world of college football, I hear that we had a quarterback drafted by an MLB team. Tell us a little bit about uh Mr. Murray from Oklahoma. Tyler what round Murray, did he win? Well, he was a first round pick number nine overall to the mm-hmm. Oakland Athletics. One year of baseball experience at the college level, uh, the replacement to Baker Mayfield, not so uh, okay. He was supposed to be the the replacement for Johnny Manziel years ago. He couldn't yeah. cut it in Texas A&M, so he transferred after all of the, the the terrible stuff that happened with Kevin Sumlin, and he had a ton of comments about the culture. He was the number one quarterback at high school. He's not the biggest of players. He's about 5'11", 6 footish, Russell Wilson-like body stature. But, you know, we don't really know what we were getting from him as far as a Yeah, Russell a Wilson-like game. 
Uh, not so fast. I'm not going. I'm not calling anybody Russell Wilson. Russell so, Wilson had a record at one point for the for the number of incompletions and thrown or completions thrown without an incompletion at one point in college. So I'm not calling anybody that good. Okay. Okay. Question for you, Fred. Because you said that you know you talked about his size. You talked about the fact that he was supposed to be the the heir apparent to Manziel. That didn't work out. He transferred. Would it be in this young man's best interest to pursue this uh, this path since he did go so high in the baseball draft? I mean, we know sometimes that's kind of meaningless um, because there's no easy road when you're dealing with the MLB. But would it be in his best interest to pursue that path instead of the one that he seemingly has failed on a few times? Well, I think so because – yeah, you may have a decent college career for at least one year, and that's what the athletics have um, committed to. They said, look, we'll commit to a contract of $4.7 million. That's how we mm. slotted out the rookie uh, wage scale. Great. You're, while, you have a while still allowing him to play at Oklahoma. Exactly, because he hasn't played a professional game yet. So they'll allow right. him, like many baseball players before him, the Brandon Weedens of the world, the Chris Winkies of the world. Great. That's great. But you're one, one ACL tear away <laughs> Chris Winkie that his contract. whole life before he played in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you're one ACL tear away it's from right. that contract being, right. being a not-so-great thing and – I mean, you you were good enough that they drafted you number nine, and I'm not a baseball person to the point where I I'm looking down boards and looking at the best pitchers and catchers, and, right. and hit, I'm not that's not my thing. But what I can tell you is, in any sport, if they're drafting you that high, they think very highly of you. Baseball, you don't have the rigors on your body that you would uh, the fo- that football provides to you, even if you do play quarterback in the Big 12 where they play no defense and everyone's just throwing the ball every which way. But as, and I don't really see his NFL prospects going very far. I mean, he's not even on my radar as an NFL prospect. So, so basically what you're trying to tell football. us, Fred, is that Kyler so Murray is going to be a, football, a baseball player. That's what you're telling yes, us. Yes, he can <laughs> make that move out to Oakland and, uh, and, and make it very quickly. Right, because we've seen in the past where people, folks get drafted in the MLB, but they still had options. You know, saying if football was their number one love and they're good enough to do it, you know, they had that option. It kind of seems like unless he comes out and just does things this season that are unexpected of him, it seems like he's going to be um, high talent with spring training at Prince some point. Yang, kid. <laughs> yeah, get him out. <laughs> All right, so I mean, in <laughs> great. No, I, I for me, I just when it, whenever you have the opportunity to play baseball, you have a guaranteed contract. Why well, go back to college football where you're not guaranteed a starting spot because Austin Kendall is still fighting for that job too. So you're not even guaranteed. Well, to, well, to start well in his defense, if he you know, goes into that quarterback battle and he doesn't get the starting spot, you know, that's a perfect time to drop out of school. <laughs> this is a very, this is a not, very true Not statement. that I'm telling you kids out there to drop out of school, but for him, that would be the perfect time to drop out of school and go this ahead is a and very do true 
Yeah, you know, I mean, if if I seriously, if I don't win that starting spot, then you know, I'm not really finishing this semester. Tell my teachers farewell in, in my basket weaving classes, and you know, mm. go on about mm. my business. All right, so the College mm. Football Hall of Fame candidates for this year um, have been announced. Give us some of the top names um, in uh, in the you know who are candidates right now. Some of the bigger names that I've seen, hometown guy Ray Lewis, of course, uh, that that would be a big one because simply put, if you get into the College Football Hall of Fame and the NFL Hall of Fame all in the same year, same year, that'd be a pretty good cleanup. Uh, That means means basically he would get into the College Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and basically lose the love and the adoration of all black people all in one year. Man, that's a busy year. Wow. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, that's for a busy year for, for so Ray long. Lewis. And see, for so long because I, he was one of my favorite players, and I mean, he he's a high school. He's one of my high school's alumni. So I mean, you kind of I felt indebted to go to this this Canton, to go to see him in Canton and see him enshrined, and then well, all this other stuff happened, and then I was like, no, nah, never mind. But yeah. That that one hurt. It hurt a little bit. I, mean, I, I I might be able to separate it because I'm I'm probably gonna go because Brian Dawkins is gonna be there as well. So it, it's kind of <laughs> ironic because while these two guys were in a league, I can speak for myself and B. Austin. These were like our favorite two players in the league. These were the two guys. Yo, these were the two guys that we would go on air and tell the world that man. If these cats needed you in a in a bar fight, like, yeah, exactly. I don't know yeah. if their level of leadership, if you could turn that down. So, you know, for me to Yo. get a chance to see both of those dudes at the same time, and it would have been both of the both of those guys and T.O., but T.O.'s decided that he's not going to attend. Yeah. He's making a statement, yeah. which, <laughs> hey, I feel him, but... I'm not and mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at you. I might try to separate it and and just root for Ray again. Go my ahead. question. My question. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and play. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and play my. I'm gonna go ahead and play myself out on air to our to our our war room sports family. I do have my kids running around the house calling Brian Dawkins and Ray Lewis their uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Ray, Uncle Doc. <laughs> now, you know how painful it was to have to explain to my kids that, hey, one of your uncles is a sellout. And, a cool and grandpa. <laughs> and grandpa. So with Jim Brown. <laughs> oh Uncle, Ray, God. Uncle Ray and grandpa tripping, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with them dudes? I don't I know what, yo. That's a whole for a whole different Right, so, so what are some of the other names? Uh, Troy Palabalu, we, we all know what he did in college. We Overrated! Hey, 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 hey. Not... This is college, um, college. This, this is college, though. This is Fred Davis. Overrated, there. Oh, oh. All right. <laughs> Um, Patrick Willis, Joe Thomas, Rashawn Salam, underrated, uh, underrated, Carson Palmer, Rashawn Salam. Uh, Mc... Yes, yes. Let him talk, man. 
uh, Darren McFadden, who I think is probably the one guy who, who he, he got slighted. Boy, he got slighted. Um, Marvin Harrison, Tony Gonzalez are some of the more notable names. And, of course, I can't leave out Vince Young, who completed the greatest comeback in college football history. Sorry, Deshaun Watson. What you did to Alabama was great. But that last drive against USC in the greatest game I've ever seen played on a college football field ever in my lifetime. He's a lot. This is yeah. um, this is Vince Young's last hurrah. <laughs> With anything positive. Yeah, Vince Young. <laughs> nothing, nothing's coming from Vince Young. You'll probably no. never hear from him. But Vince can just go ahead and die after this. Like, there's nothing left for him on earth. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right, so B, you 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 had issue with Rashawn Salam, or you just wondering why it took so long? No, I was just wondering a why it took so long, and B, I did not expect to say the name Rashawn Salam on tonight's show, but and I never expect to say the name or ever Rashawn again. Salam. <laughs> ever again? Ever again? Yeah, I, I forgot the, about it. With the College Football Hall of Fame, the thing is, there's so many players, and it's it's across all levels of college football, not just Division One, Division Two. I got you. Division Three. So there's so many players over so right. many years, so many positions, and Division then you 60. got coaches. I mean, wasn't um, <laughs> yeah? Isn't um Steve McNair his name in there? Did you say his name? Nah, his yep. name isn't in there. Nah, his oh, name. Okay. I'm pretty sure Steve McNair. I'd have to go back and I'll get back with y'all at some point and, and let y'all know about that. Because I'm pretty sure he's yeah, already. I think I saw that. But with the College Football Hall of Fame, you got to run through. You may encounter names like Gino Toretta and Danny Warfel and stuff like that. So I get it. You, you mean I like Eric Dickerson, who still hasn't gotten in because of the. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. No, what? Uh, I'm cut, I think. I think Steve McNair's on the ballot this year. I don't know. Check on it and get back to us. I think he's on the ballot this year, though. All right. But that's, anyway, we're going to let Steve McNair hijack yeah. our um, show. No, Rest but, in peace. I mean, but there's so many names that guys, when they, once they get to the NFL, they're big names to you. Troy Vincent, I know that name will resonate to you. But um, mm-hmm. Simeon Rice, Antoine Randall, David Pollock, Jake Plummer, uh, Ken Norton Jr., Dan Morgan. I mean, Damn, how many dudes are going to let in? A lot of candidates. Um, uh, <laughs> Caffrey, Tony Mandarich. These are big names that are up for this. I mean, a lot of these names didn't work out in the NFL, but this isn't the NFL Hall of Fame either. So these guys were great college players, and they'll get in at some point. It'll probably take forever for them to get in, but they'll. you have to remember – and these guys are also being followed by, by guys like Johnny Manziel at some point or he'll get in because of what he did and his impact on college football. So and, a lot of these and guys, gonna, they're going to have to play. Yeah. yeah. Tebus Christ. I mean. All right. And shout out to Skyview in the chat room. He said, Fred, um, greatest game. Agreed about that Texas-USC game. Yeah, that is a hell of a game. I watched that, that game, game whenever they showed a classic. <laughs> That it's one a, and Alabama, of... Clemson, one and two were those were those are my top three, and right. only because of, we saw so much NFL talent on those on that field for those three games that it's not even funny, and a lot of those players turned out to be really decent players once they moved on. I mean, 
Lindell White didn't make up, turn out to be nothing, and well, Matt Liner didn't either. But that's not the point. Vince Young had a half decent career, so he went off the deep end. Yeah, not really. Um, well, I'm gonna toss one NFL topic at you real quick before we let you go. Um, especially being a, a Patriot fanatic over there, Julian uh-huh. Edelman, four game mm, suspension. I knew that was coming. For you know, violating the NFL's substance abuse policy, like you, you it's got all coming unglued. You you failed a drug test on your day off. Like <laughs> you all been <laughs> got no ACL for the past year, like. How you fell a drug test on your day off? <laughs> what are your this thoughts on that? I mean, it, it's the Patriots. People are going to blow it up, but it, in the end, it's probably not going to mean anything. They just came off a Super Bowl appearance without them. But, you know, want to get your thoughts on that before we let you go. I actually had this question posed, and I said, Patriots, didn't they just get become go from like one one or two plays away from winning a Super Bowl and right, right. They weren't they just I mean, the runner ups in the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah, it hurts. Don't remind me. I gotta hear this until the end of next year and whatever. <laughs> but that's not the point. So we are eliminated <laughs> from playoff contention or playoff play. You will hear it. I'm a, I hope <laughs> that happens very, very soon. Anyway, <laughs> um, Fred. Yo, Fred, we beat you about your team, yo. Hey, 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 hey. But no, you, give, give us your thoughts. Put up 500 yards on y'all. No, don't go there. Uh, but no. Um, uh, he, he, lost. I forgot. He, he a bronze fan, too. You know, he gonna, yo, he's a bronze fan, so he's going to quote stats. As a, Stats are more important than wins and losses. Brian had a triple-double in game three. However. <laughs> <laughs> but, Those are the folks no, of um, B. Austin. <laughs> but no, um, Julian Edelman, I don't think it'll be – it might affect him going forward. I mean, he's not the youngest of, of receivers. He's not the biggest. He's made a great catch a couple years ago to win a Super Bowl. Win a Super Bowl. That's great. But we all know how the Patriot way is. You get a little long in the tooth. You start making things. You get a little out of pocket doing things you're not supposed to do. There's a reason why they drafted Thraxton Berrios out of um, out of Miami in the sixth round. Right. And uh, let me I correct actually, myself. Let me correct myself. He's facing a four game suspension. Yes, he's Act facing a hasn't dropped as of yet, so he can yes, still try he, to wiggle his way out of there. No pun intended. Um, Nonetheless, <laughs> you still have Chris Hogan on the on the roster. You still have so? you again. You also drafted another guy that looks that. I, I'm just gonna put it the way it is. I mean, it's typical of the New England receivers. You got a small white guy playing slot receiver. Yeah. no, that, you know, like I said, I just wanted your thoughts. I didn't think there would be any panic in Patriot Nation. I mean, they're still looking great even without them for a second place team. Man, that's what's up. All right, so um, <laughs> so Fred, gather up some I wanna college re- football. I want to rematch. I want to rematch. <laughs> hey, I do too. Because <laughs> <laughs> as of right now, some, they uh, are. <laughs> <laughs> gather up some good college football info for us, and we will wrap to you next week, good brother. All right, guys. Oh, thanks man. for having me on. All right, no doubt. Fred Purdue, everybody, War Room Sports College Football Contributor. 
All right. So, um, yeah, we, we got some, first of all, you know, got to give a shout out to what's going on in uh, the NHL right now. The Stanley Cup final is going into a game five situation with the Washington Capitals leading the series 3-1 and are on the brink. And let me tell you about an excited city, region, the DMV, all over. They, they're very excited. They're very on edge. This team wins. This area is going to explode. All the people that we talk to who, you know, can't spell hockey or hockey fans all of a sudden, um, <laughs> it, it'll be their first Stanley Cup win and the first championship for a Washington D.C. team in a very, very long time. So the city is is, is ready to explode. Um, so watch out for that game five right after our program this evening. All right, let's go to the phone lines before we get into this this story, the resolution to the story we talked about from Philly last week. Of course, we got the homie out in Arizona. Tobias waiting on the line. Tobias, what's good? You're in the war room. But roll, roll down time. Thanks for taking my call, fellas. Roll down time. <laughs> hey, first thing first, I'm going to say the greatest college football game I ever saw was a 2009 SEC championship game where Alabama got revenge on Florida, 34 to 3. They made Tim Tebow cry and Urban Meyer quit. That's the best college <laughs> the football game, game I ever saw. saw was 34 to 3. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, made T-Bone cry and Urban Meyer quit talking about he had to spend time with his family. That old Pat Riley, the Stan Van Gundy excuse. Uh, <laughs> the greatest, greatest football game, greatest college football game I've ever seen was in 1996 when Howard University won the Heritage Bowl. Shout out to Howard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I got to talk about the NBA for a second uh, before I kill this football thing. Uh you got it's like Ty Lue. People gotta realize one thing about Ty Lue. He's a young coach finding his way. You like the Phil Jacksons of the world, the Pat Rileys, cut they cut they you know, cut their teeth as coaches and other stops. Phil Jackson's even the CBA is a head man. My thing is they keep talking about well he should have done it, should have done that. That's nothing he could have done against this team. That's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part that kills me. LeBron right. put up all these stats, nothing. Kevin Love has played well in this series. Actually, the last part of the conference finals, he played pretty well. Funny how he plays well when you let him play in the post and not spot up like he's Dirk Nowitzki all game. Funny how that right. works. Like I, I had yeah. thought to myself, you know, I thought earlier in the series, I'm like, okay, we, we know LeBron James is the man, but I'm like, there are a lot of possessions during a basketball game, and I think it would serve them well to sometimes run the offense through Kevin Love. Like, those times when LeBron gets breathers before the half, and, you know, lately they haven't been giving up big leads or, you know, getting big deficits in that time period when LeBron goes out because they start to go through Love, and it actually works. So it's like, and it would buy LeBron more minutes on the court if you would actually go through Kevin Love sometimes and have that trust in some kind of a system, but they don't seem they to run much confidence. of a system. A lot of iso ball and, you know, just a lot of driving kick at the end that's of the what happens, end of That's shot. what happens when you have a LeBron, a LeBron disciple as the head coach. 
is an extension of LeBron. Ty Lue, I think one day he will be an okay NBA coach. He's not bad, but I think he acquiesces to other people's will a little bit too much in in his strategy and tactics. And so it shows – I mean, from a talent standpoint, the disparity is – LeBron ever had a coach that didn't? That that he didn't Paul get Silas. dismissed, pretty much. That he didn't Paul get. Silas. You didn't. You didn't let me finish my question. That he did not get dismissed. <laughs> Paul oh, Silas was out of there. Also. We know the inside story. A lot of people might not, but Paul Silas was out of there because it just wasn't going to work with his style of disciplinarian with LeBron James. You have a transcendent talent, and he knows his power. He's going to exert his will over the franchise. And LeBron has done that. Like, Ty Lue was kind of handpicked by him. I don't like this David Black guy. Why don't y'all let Ty Lue coach the team? But in these situations, like Tobias said, when things go wrong, like LeBron is always going to have his numbers. So when things go wrong, it's on you, Ty. It's on the other guys that are that are out there. So you got to be ready for that kind of pressure. And I don't think his teammates nor his coach are ready for that kind of pressure. You know what I say about that, though? And we all were talking about running through Kevin Love. Here's the other thing. It builds confidence in those other guys. So, hey, if we mess up, Ty Lue ain't going to change the whole rotation, and I won't see the see the four for five games. Or, hey, they, sometimes when you're doing something like that, you're going to have to take your lumps or growing pains. You look at how, like, Jordan Clarkson is a gunner, but he still, still should be a good six-man off the bench. When LeBron is on your team – 15 years in, there is no room or time for growing pains. You hear me talk yeah, about the LeBron no legacy growing. schedule. Hey. Every time they bring up LeBron could possibly Billy, go you can't to do the it. Sixers. They have the talent, but I don't think – like they are young guys and they might be too fragile to be on the LeBron legacy schedule. LeBron is on your team. The thought is championship right now because LeBron, like he told you himself – He's chasing ghosts. He don't have time for your rebuild. He don't have time for your your young guys to get solid mind states and, and all that kind of stuff. LeBron gets on your team. We're going, you know, it's for one reason. So it's like no learning people curve. say, oh, no man, room for how mistakes. would you not want that on your team? Uh, it could damage these dudes for the rest of their careers. And that's and, not and, – I'm not blaming him for that. He's put himself in a position where – He's that great. I don't blame him. It is. Right. <laughs> you know like, what? This is what it is. Right he's, on, he's on ghost chase mode, but a lot of people that he's either rumored to join or the guys that he's playing with right now, especially after the trade they made, they're not ready to, you know, fully be engaged with LeBron's ghost chase. Because yeah. during that chase, when, you, when, it, when it doesn't happen, it's everybody's fault. Except for him. Except for LeBron. And that could mess with the psyche of these young players. Of young players? Look what happened to Rodney Hood. How that mess his head up. Now imagine Ben. He didn't even want to play last week. I'm cool. And and get this. (laughs) Imagine that with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons in that media market in Philly. That that is is a shark tank out there. And those guys aren't – sometimes – here's the thing. Like, I saw that article you posted in the chat, Dev, and I said that months ago. They're going to miss Dwayne Wade. They're going to miss a player like that who got LeBron's ear who could actually give you 10, 15 minutes 
or even if someone he has a veteran that get through to Isaiah Thomas, he could have been your heck of a six man right there. Mm-hmm. But he needed some strong people there to say, hey, look, this is the easiest way to get your money. You'd be a productive six man. You can still get your not may I be a max, but you still get some good bread. No one, and so those players were there. They weren't given a time to jail. It was, hey, we ain't looking too good right now. Trade them. But that's why I, I fought the front office in this regard. They should tell LeBron no. But at the end of the day, they're in salary cap hell. They don't that pick this is the only good pick they have for the future. Tobias, and he's still Tobias, gone anyway. That's the thing though. We talk about we Tobias, talk about how much they um, you know, he doesn't have help. But that yo, they they're in record territory as far as the salary cap goes. Like when when you have to tell somebody yes all the time, you basically just destroy your cap. I was shocked when they made and the I trade think, myself, though. I was like, I thought, you know, I thought they would give that team a little more time. You know what I mean? Hold on, Tobias. Tobias, here's my thing, man. Like, yo, um, and, and your and your words, your own words. Let's be honest here. You can add Isaiah Thomas. You can add the original Isaiah Thomas, and you can add Dwayne Wade back in that. They're not beating the Golden State Warriors. So everything you're saying is cool in retrospect, but it is matter. He's not beating the team. They would probably have there's a no, shot. There's no, Cleveland, yo, there's no Cleveland team had been in the NBA Jimmy. that could have beat this Warriors team. But, but, but Jim, but, but, but here's, my point on, here's, here's my point on that. Here's my point on that. They wouldn't be like in salary cap hell right now. I think, you know. But, they, they, but see, they, they, they won't be locked into Jordan Clarkson and those guys I mean, like that. Yeah, but like that. I mean, here's the thing. Um, no one thinks that he's staying anyway. But I'm talking about in terms no. of the current run. In terms of this current, they won't run, win anyway. Like, if you look at the teams they had. Like, again, and we're talking about this Warriors team. He, you could have took the best players off every Cleveland Brown has had since he stepped in the NBA. They're not beating this team. So uh, I mean, you can say what you want. I, I Isaiah Thomas was playing terrible. Isaiah Thomas was playing terrible at the beginning. As he had a terrible season all around. He probably cost himself millions. Um. Dwayne Wade, played. I mean, he shouldn't have played. He probably shouldn't have played. I'm sure I'm in the minority, Jim, but I don't – like, I know they look ridiculous on some nights. But I don't think this team is invincible, though. I mean, nobody no, – nobody, no, no, no. nobody saying, stepped oh, up no, to prove no. a point. Nobody oh, stepped man. up to prove a point, but I don't think – I think, one, I think but the I don't one think team that could beat them took them to seven. The one team that could have beat them, in my opinion, took them to seven. The right. team doesn't look right. invincible, but to me, that's the scary part because half of the time it doesn't look like they're going for. But then the like only every, team that's even, proven even, that even they, the games they could lost, beat them, whether luck or not, is standing right in front of them without Kyrie. You know, without Kyrie. Or, even even the games that the lost, team. like in the Houston series, I never for a minute thought they even would lose those games because they have a button that they push. It is, it is weird because, like I, we mentioned this in previous shows, since getting KD on their team. It's like they'd be relaxing because they feel they can win. That's and they, cheap, like, this is why, this is why, this is yeah. why like, they come out in the third quarter sometimes and just bomb on teams after playing terrible the entire first half because they'd be going half ass. Yo, they, they just Yo. play different lineups with Joe McGee and David. It's unfair. It is impressive oh. when Clay and Steph can um can 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 combine for twenty one on the highest stage and they can still win a game. Can, 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 can I bring up something about that? The Warriors also. Can I talk about the Warriors also? The one thing that's underrated about this team, not only the defense, but to me, the Golden State Warriors are the pool hustlers of basketball. You know what the pool hustlers think you suck, but they kill you? Everybody thinks they just tend to jack up threes like Houston. 
they get so many layups and mid-range jumpers, and they somehow got everybody yep. wanting to go crazy jacket threes. But here's the thing with them. Yep. Everybody on that team know their role, and they embrace their role. People keep talking Sean Livingston shoot threes. Why? He's six foot seven, can shoot over any point guard mid-range. It's like yeah, people, people, want, people want everybody to shoot threes. <laughs> people just want people to yeah. shoot threes. And this team knows that role, and that's a factor also. Those are all great. Those are all great points. I, I just, I, when I look at when I look at what's going on now, to go back to your earlier point, Dev, I actually don't think that this team that this has currently constituted is as bad as the media is going to let them have it. Like, I think that if Rodney Hood in the right circumstances was taught and nurtured, I think he could be a legit 18 to 20 points per game. We see what well, Kevin like now well, again. Like he, Hood, the game off the bench in um, Utah? It was something yeah. like that. Yeah, like he, he, was, he was leading the team in scoring. Alibi, they were trash, but he was he can score. Offensively, he is nice. In the NBA. Yeah, but they ended now, up. To your point, they ended up in the second round of the it playoffs. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't even. It wouldn't matter, as you said. You could take the best two players off of every Cleveland team in the last forty-five years, and they not. Be, they not beating these dudes. <laughs> you can. You can get Mark Price, Brooke Doherty. Mark. Yeah, this boy was uh, Rodney Hood was sixteen point eight a game before the trade. <laughs> before the trade. Yeah. 20, he's a 20 <laughs> and that was that was starting but here's, 12 games. Here, here's the thing, though, and I'm not I'm not saying this on no tip like um it's an accomplishment, it's not a failure because they made it, but they're playing NBA Finals like so they have to have a certain level of talent to be in the NBA Finals unless it's really that Jim. trash, which I don't think they are, but they're in the NBA Finals. <laughs> but again, Jim, but who's gonna say that besides Jumbo. people like us? Who's gonna say that besides people like us? Everybody gonna say. Look at the team LeBron dragged to the finals. I think that I think that simplifies the game, oversimplifies the game. I don't even like it when people say that about Allen Iverson, man. That, that really you know, disrespects people say it about everybody though. He works hard. Listen, man, Let Allen Iverson and LeBron go out there for real, the for real, Jim, by themselves, and see how many rebounds they're gonna get. See how many of the five guys they can guard at one time. It's really disrespectful to just say somebody did something all by themselves. But listen, people do it all the time. Listen, over this past week, I've seen someone say that Jordan dragged all his teams to the finals. I'm like, dog, there's other Hall of Famers on that team. I heard someone say Kobe. Listen, someone posted a meme that was in our show that said Kobe dragged the team to the finals, but that team had Paolo Salt and three other double-digit scores. So that made no sense. I heard someone said Dirk won a finals by himself against LeBron and, uh, you know, the uh, the, the (laughs) Cats in Miami. And and, and, and how ridiculous is that? Dirk did his thing, but how ridiculous is that? Because Dirk barely guards his own man. So who was guarding everybody? AJ Barrea was cooking. Uh, <laughs> you know what, though? Dirk barely guards his own <laughs> man. So he played defense so this when is Dirk what happens. But this is what happens, man. It's part of it's part of like getting to that point because you get the like you know take up for you when you lose, and they give you the credit when you win. That's that's I hate when you know, people, it's a part, it's a part of simplify of, these beautiful games, man. <laughs> they do it. I mean, part of that part they do. You know, I'll say this, I'll say this quick thing, but I'm going to touch on this Eagles real quick. First thing, for what these people look at is like how many All-Stars are Hall of Famers. Nowadays, it's like anybody can make the Hall of Fame now. And so uh, yeah. it's not about that. It's about guys That's knowing their role, too. guys doing their thing. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but 
I started thinking about the, I know you're talking about the Eagles and stuff. Don't I gotta get Stephen A. a point on this one. Like That's Donald cool. Trump That's played cool. the NFL. No, you, you're talking about Nick. No, you, you don't. You ain't, you ain't gotta give him nothing. Yo, no, no, but what I'm saying is like the, the, the Donald Trump segways for us. Shout out. That's yeah, what we're talking yeah, about so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, like, the thing is, <laughs> the, the Eagles, these players, they're going to go. Donald Trump didn't want to look bad, so he'll cancel it. Guess what? There are a lot of players, athletes that didn't go to see Obama. So what? But the thing that gets me is, Michael, like I well, said, that group, and Jimmy rapped fair, about it. Tobias, it was never less than 10. Both I know. Yeah, it, it, it was probably like fifty people get together at the house. Like, but also, think about you got to think about the political uh, the political climate we're in. When you have every black player say they're not coming, even if the ones that once came came, it would look real crazy. Considering the team is majority of black team, and you got nothing but the Yaku, nothing but the white folks there that uh, play on the team standing next to them, that optic would. Man, and Riley Cooper may may get a camp invite to go. But here's the thing. I'll say this. Uh, but, 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 you know, I'll say this. Like me and Jimmy talked about in the chat the other day, Michael Jenkins probably learned a valuable lesson. Like Ice, like you said, Jimmy, Ice Cube said, no matter how comfortable you make white people feel, here's what they think about you. Look. Hey, look what look how they still thought about him. He tried everything in his power to make them comfortable. And look what they still say about him. Just think about that, guys. But hey, you guys have a good one. Thanks for taking my call, guys. You thought that he thought that they liked him or something? Like, he's not No, they are not giving that man enough credit. I mean, I know the point he's trying to make, but I don't think. No, I just, but I, I really don't think it was a lesson. I don't think he didn't know that. Like, he went in and talked to who he talked to. I'm pretty sure he knew that the public. You know, the, the the everyday white person, they didn't bang with him like that. So I didn't look at it as a lesson. Like, he's surprised. Like, oh, my God, they're turning on me? But. So as far as Donald Trump goes, y'all know. And Jimmy made a good point, you know, in the political climate, optics are very important. But, you know, with him, just 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 him by himself, you know how that is for him. Like he this is the man that comes on TV the day after his inauguration and says he had record numbers. But when you looked at the picture of the crowd compared to, like, the crowds from the last two presidents, his crowd looked like Kevin Durant's hair. Like it was scarce and. <laughs> like no. balls of people over here, little balls of people over there. So I'm like, you know, that's important to him. Whether whether the political climate or not, that's important to him to to not look stupid. So he'll come and tell you something that you know for a fact that you saw with your own eyes isn't true, and he'll still come tell you that because he feels the need. To, to have those labels and those quote-unquote records behind his name. So there was no way, you know, he was going to – I mean, because this was another Golden State Warriors situation where basically 80% of the team said they weren't coming. So then he says they're not invited, mm-hmm. but they weren't coming anyway because, like, <laughs> like <laughs> you pull the invitation after they already tell you that they're not going to come. Um, <laughs> Let me read yeah, some of his. Your man, Donald. Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm looking for some of his quotes. You can say what you're about to say. Um, 
you know, this is this is interesting because I'm seeing even the conservatives are distancing themselves from him because of how abrasive and just utterly wrong he is. Um, you know, there's a, a, a strong contingent of NFL supporters who will at least acknowledge what's going on with these protests and why, and then speak to the fact that, hey, Trump, what are you talking about? Like, you're clearly lying, and you're taking us down with you because we're associated with you because of the partisan attachment. So it's interesting to watch Unfold. Let me read his Twitter sta- sta- uh, statement on the reason for the cancellation. He said the Philadelphia Eagles football team was invited to the White House. Unfortunately, only a small number of players decided to come, and we canceled the event. Staying in the locker room for the playing of our national anthem is as disrespectful to our country as kneeling. Sorry. All right. Can any of y'all tell me what the hell any of that had to do with the Eagles visiting the, the, the White House? Nothing. The policy that he just about, spoke about staying in the locker room, that has nothing to do hasn't with even the started. visit. That hasn't even started yet. And if he wants to make the, the Eagles visit about kneeling uh, uh, newsflash, the Eagles were one of, I think, two teams in the league that had that didn't have a single player kneel the entire season last year. Because if y'all remember, like, especially last year, even Malcolm Jenkins and the guys that he was with, they never kneeled. They just put their fists in the air and protest. So, I mean, that might be semantics, but at the same time, he's making this about anthem protests and the the visit and the cancellation of the visit really didn't have much to do with that. Like, sure, players don't bang with your policy. They don't like you. Um, I'm sure that is in some of their reasoning somewhere, but he tried to make this into something that it wasn't because again, he looks embarrassed that nobody wants to come, uh, you know, chill out. with him. So he has to throw that out there so he can feed into his base again and get people angry at a situation. And it works because I've been looking at message boards all weekend and I saw people saying, Malcolm Jenkins, I hope you and your team's plane crashes, unpatriotic, this and that. And, like, people are really venomous about this visit because the first thing he did was throw out something that he knew would rile up the people and get them on his side. This is the this is the times we are living in, man. Like Jimmy always says, man, what a time to be alive. It is absolutely crazy out here in these streets. All right, so... And oh, and one more thing about that. Um, Fox News got into the act when the whole uh, cancellation came about. And Zach Ertz actually had something to say about them and their propaganda because what they did when they reported the story, they showed Zach Ertz and a bunch of other Eagles players kneeling with their arms locked um, as their photos to back up the story. Now, Zach Ertz was like, you know, it's a damn shame that Fox News has to do this kind of stuff just to try to make their point. They showed a bunch of pictures of me and my teammates kneeling in prayer 
way before the anthem is being played at these games, has nothing to do with the anthem. And they use that, like I said, to rile up their base fans. Um, Surprisingly, though, Fox News actually issued a statement. They said, during our report about President Trump canceling the Philadelphia Eagles trip to the White House to celebrate their Super Bowl win, we showed unrelated footage of players kneeling in in prayer. To clarify, no members of the team knelt in protest during the national anthem throughout the regular season or postseason last year. We apologize for the error. Wow. (laughs) Did y'all expect that? Did you expect that, Jimmy? Or did they get an apology because the white guy said something? That's exactly where I was going. You knew I was going there. But I just want to say a couple things about the conversation overall. B. Austin, you must have a different echo chamber than me because I see conservatives doubling down on every and anything. Um, It's kind of ridiculous, but this is what I see, like, you know, when I'm on uh, Twitter, looking at MAGA Twitter, as I call it. Um, I think he's going to win again. And and also, yeah, I, listen, I definitely think I had an argument with somebody the other day who's um, a good uh, and, and, and he he's of the opinion that how is it possible with everything that he's done? And I'm like, listen, they about to show you who they really are. You know, and the funny thing is, like, I, I love I love the fact that some people still are optimistic because we need that. We don't need everyone to be pessimistic, although I don't myself pessimistic. Um, I consider myself to be a realist, and I know what this country is made of, but some still, like, you know, see the other side, and you need that. Um, but to me, if he wins, it wouldn't even be shocking at this point. But why would anyone be shocked is what I don't get, because this brother I was talking to, he said he would be shocked. And, and you know, he's a progressive guy, um, but he just feels like this guy is going so far and does so many evil things in his life directly in people's faces that no one's that stupid. And I'm like, yes, they are. <laughs> but... Um, I'm saying also, I don't know, like, you know, uh, where you're seeing this, but I see people backing him, doubling down. Um, and he knows this, which is why he plays to that piece, which is why Fox does what they does, do, do what they do until they were actually called out on it. Um, because at this point, facts don't even matter in 2018. It's about what can I sell? What story can I sell? What can I pull at your emotional strings to make you forget exactly what we're talking about? The whole thing with why they're kneeling is not even being discussed. So the whole thing with the Eagles and why they didn't discuss because they just changed the story is bread and circuses. They changed the Jim, whole narrative of this like whole his, Eagles trip. <laughs> like Jenkins' big ass, uh, um, what them joints called? What's the little cards called that we used to use in school? The um, cards. The thick card money joint? Index, no, index, index cards. cards. <laughs> index cards. Oh, yeah, index cards. said three card money. That's what Jimmy did in school. Forgive him. Oh, my bad, my bad. I'm snitching on myself. <laughs> no, I said just like, just like on his big-ass index card, he said, you you all aren't listening. Like, you're not listening. And the whole time, not I mean, we talk about it all the time. You're not listening, but it's not that they don't have the capacity to listen. They just don't give a hell what we're talking about. Like, nobody cares. Yo, but this is, but, but what's hilarious to me is these are the games that people play with kids. Like, if a kid asks you something, you really don't want to answer. You just start something else you know they're interested in. Because you know that you'll distract them and they'll forget what they asked you to begin with. This is something you do with kids. He's going to set a country. Well, kids and black and people, people fall for it all. People <laughs> fall for it all the time. People fall for it all the time. And it's amazing because listen, there's so much data, there's so much information out there, um, and people don't even care about facts. They don't care about facts. It's like, you know, if somebody's proved that the president did something wrong, he'll just start complaining about immigration. Next thing you know, they're complaining about immigration. 
Mm-hmm. You know, not the fact that the commander in chief, as people call him, um, just just does what he wants to do. Like um, killing black people in the really streets. Is, Build that wall. <laughs> Yo, it's it, it's really it's really a uh, interesting study in human behavior, and, and it makes me realize that we are animals. Like we're essentially animals, and no matter how um, advanced that we feel we are, um, we we don't change. There's part of us that don't change. It's such a disrespectful thing, though. Like somebody complaining to you it about is. something serious, and you just throw a, a beach it ball is. in front of your face so they can start popping the beach it ball. Is, man. It is. I, I read this article, and the article, and I, we, we, I actually brought it up again with someone recently. I brought it up a while ago on the show, and it was talking about like Trump and the whole um, anti-intellectual. Um, but it's really, it's really an interesting like uh, dynamic where it's kind of somehow this guy has made people feel like it's cool to be dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just acts. No, no, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Think about it because he, he gets people to act strictly, strictly on emotion. Facts, facts, damned. Data be damned. What what pulls you? What pulls you emotionally? And we're going to act on that. Well, like everything plus, that he does is about talking points. Plus, also, you know, I don't have any poma stats to 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 pull, but there's a, there's a, a vast percentage of people where they're only. Their only aspirations in life are, you know, their their only modicum of success is like financial success, fame, stuff like that. So you could be as dumb as a I have the poem But on if that you day. have some fame or some 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 monetary success to show people, then people will follow you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People will want to be like you. Nobody, like, a lot of people don't aspire to be point, intelligent. Seventy-nine point five percent of America. Be, be yeah, honest, I, 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 I didn't have a poem for it. Seventy-nine point nine percent of the population. Seventy-nine point five. In the words, in the words of the great Robert Nesta Marley, man, some people are so poor, all they have is money. Woo! That's a bar. Oh, that's man. That's a bar. That's deep right there. That's deep right there. That's a that's bar. So deep. Shout out to Bob Marley for that. All right, <laughs> but anyway. So last last week we reported on the. the the Brian Colangelo, Philadelphia 76ers, burner account narcissist story. And everything, you know, finally, the, the axe finally fell. The Sixers and Colangelo, quote-unquote, decided to part way, um, a.k.a. the Sixers allowed him to resign to keep a little bit of his dignity before they had, you know, before they had to fire him themselves. Now, I don't know why he they did that. Maybe it's a respect thing. You know, I thought other things at first, but then I was like, maybe it's a respect thing because the Colangelo family is damn near basketball royalty at this point. So um, even though I heard Jerry, his dad, sent out some threats to the Sixers if they fired him, <laughs> Yo, shout to Jerry. I think they Leave still were like, alone. okay, we're going to allow him to resign with some dignity rather than, you know, embarrass him <laughs> with with reports Yo, of him being fired. But. My man said, leave my boy alone before I let these hands go. I got hurt on all you clowns. <laughs> right. And his wife is actually taking one for the team. She's falling on the sword because they're trying to say that those accounts belong to her. Um, F-O-H. F-O-H. That's what I'm about to say. Like, bottom line, F-O-H. I mean, and they... I mean, if if you looked at how they did their investigation with the phone numbers and all that kind of stuff, because you know, with with Twitter, 
all you got to do is say you lost your password and they're going to send you something to the phone number that it's associated with. And they did say three, at least three of the accounts came back to a phone number ending in nine one. His wife's phone number does end in nine one, but in no way when I heard that earlier in the week that I think his wife is doing this. I'm like, okay, he's just using his wife's number to get a few. Well, we don't believe you. You need more people. (laughs) Exactly. So the big question now is, you know, what's going to happen with the 76ers over the summer? It's a big summer for them. They were rumored to be going after people like LeBron James, uh, Paul George, you know, maybe getting to the trade mix for Kawhi Leonard. And right now, unless they rush into something, they have to do a lot of this without a general manager. So what do do you guys think, you know, the the summer is going to entail for the 76ers? First of all, first thing I want to say is shout out to the pop for like um, threatening the league. Cause I have a, a weird take on this, man. I know it's like culturally a lot of times, like we, we don't like to do that. Right. Um, for instance, <clears throat> give an example of what I'm trying to say. I was listening to a um, son. T.I. son actually makes music and I found myself on Google play listening to it. And I was like, this isn't bad. And I found that it was T.I. son after I listened to it. Right. So I'm like, I wonder why he didn't get his pop. So make a long story short, I, I was reading an interview and he says, I want to do everything on my own. I didn't want to use his name as that in the third. Yo, other, other cultures, they don't yo, care about that dog. Like, I yo, take I work my home so I can give it even You're going to take advantage. I take it even deeper, Jimmy. In our culture, and this is a part because of Ofei culture as well, but we hit between the age of 18 and definitely by 21, you got to get that. F out the crib. Like mm-hmm. other cultures, they don't allow you to get a master's degree living at home under your mom's roof, mother and father's roof, saving money, building for your future, and you can move out when you're 32. Put your name on the orange juice you, and smashing you, chicks in the face. You, you work your tail off so your kids are supposed to have advantages. Somehow, right, our, so cool. our culture, but, um, yeah. they'd be like, I and, want to do it And we'll be relatively yeah, financially stable and kick our kids out the crib at 18. Oh, you got to do it on your own. You like, so, no. So, so what? So, <laughs> and, and how I tie that in the story is I just found it that his pop stepped in. He had to say nothing, but he let y'all know, like, listen, I, I, I built this career, my legacy, and I'm willing to, like, let my hands go for my boy. So I thought that was dope. But on the flip side, his wife is full of it. Um, in terms of how this relates to the six, what they're going to do summer, um, there's so many rumors about the Sixers hiring a former Cavs general manager, and that's going to be a play for Bron. Um, I can see that happening. I definitely yeah, see that yeah. That, that's know. my con- that's my conspiracy theory as well. I think you know David Griffin is on the <laughs> his name is going to pop up on the docket because they're going to like you said think that it's going to give them a better chance at landing LeBron James. Um, so don't be surprised everybody out there if that you know is the situation with a hire at least um yeah back to the, the nepotism thing like you see how michael jordan's kid his kids kind of turned out if i was his son especially the one that's rapping and you know doing all that stuff that he was doing i i tell people michael jordan's my dad everywhere i went i tell them that michael jordan's my dad in starbucks like when they yeah, ask me, when they ask me what yo, name MJ to write on the son. cup, it's gonna be 
Yeah. Michael <laughs> Jordan is my dad. Whatever his name is, Michael Jordan's son. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, you better but here's use the thing, that. though. Here's the crazy part. We live in a culture where somebody probably got that. What did you say? That's the culture we live in. So we live in a culture where somebody probably has that tattoo and it ain't his kid. <laughs> <laughs> but his kid can't get nothing off of it. I told y'all, boy, probably sell Jordans on eBay. It's <laughs> probably what he's doing right now. All right, so yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's it's a crazy situation, man, with the, the whole Brian Colangelo thing. Um, like, how much of a bonehead is he, though? Like, you're you you've inherited a team that was on the build, even though a lot of people and a lot of fans in the city wouldn't give him full props on that. Nationally, the sentiment wasn't the same. So you had a chance nationally to basically get props for what this team might end up becoming. Because, you know, after the, the cupboard was stripped bare and, and and my man came in with Brink's trucks full of money, you did get to go out and buy the groceries. Well, you know, over the last few years. You Listen, got out there and here's the buy the groceries. Part. So you could have been, here, here, you know what I mean? You, he could have got mad props for this, but he out here here's, slamming people on Twitter. Listen, here's what's crazy about this, right? What's crazy about this to me is – um. This this just goes to show you how, how like mentally weak most of us are as people, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of times when we put our content out there on blog talk, YouTube, or mobile app or whatever, we get a lot of feedback and we get ninety five percent positive feedback for our show. But that five percent like bothers like mm-hmm. I got to a point where it doesn't bother me anymore, but I understand that it bothers me. Because like, all of this goes back to him not being able to accept criticism and be right. called to the carpet for his moves and things that he does. If it had been the one to say land LeBron, regardless of how out, he would have got props for bringing basketball player in the world to Philadelphia. Although LeBron right. would have been coming for him, he'd been coming for the young talent. He would have got the props for that. Let's just say they win a championship. He gets the props for all that. Meanwhile, the evil genius is gone, but we all know that. You know what I mean? Shout out to Henke, salute to God. But um, it, they should bring him back, man. Let him finish what he's are, And it, what it's he funny because I've I've heard other I've heard other people. Who, um, who put out, like, you know, um, whether it's content, works of art, books, whatever, I've talked a lot, and they say the same thing. Like, that's the hardest part is dealing with criticism. But, this, like, you're willing to – you have a job that's paying you goo gobs of money, been handed an amazing situation, but that still bothered you that much that you had to do these burner accounts. Like, he was talking about even his clothing on one of them joints. Like, there's nothing wrong with my collar. Like, seriously, cuz? Right, right, right. Down to his clothes. He was defending his gear. Yo, Brian Colangelo gear weak. Like, no, his gear is not weak. Like, like, (laughs) yo, you gotta learn to like. But my thing is, the reason why, the reason why you get paid what you pay, the reason why you're able to have that position is because you do have to deal with that. That's part of it. But it just show you how weak some of us are. You know, so. That's something that he has to work on, like you know, in terms of his own personal, uh, his personal feelings and his own personal brand and, and how he moves forward in life. Because who's going to hire him at this point? Maybe somebody because they want to do a favor for his pop. Who because knows? Pop going to threaten but, him. Uh, he's he's, he's he out has, to leave. Really his pop may be able to help him, but he's out on, to leave for at least. He at might least be out to leave, but regardless of whatever he does in seven. life, that's something he needs to go work on. My man needs therapy, dog. His dad will get him. His dad will get him with a bad franchise. Try to turn that around. You risk it all for you risk it all for that. Come on, man. If you yeah, know, you to, know. To defend to defend your shirts. 
Come on, cuz. <laughs> it's gear week. No, it's not. JoJo's <laughs> gear week. <laughs> Joel's gear is week. Not mine. Like, what? All right, so anyway, let's go to the stat of the week real quick before we get into what happened while y'all were on the grind. And stat of the week, because he breaks records like every week, damn near. LeBron James in game two in his 29-point game, uh, he surpassed five-time NBA champion Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm sorry, six-time NBA champion. The story has it wrong. Numbers right. Kareem, huh? Get your numbers, numbers right. right. Six, ain't it? He won yeah. five with the Lakers and one with the Bucks, right? And one with the Bucks. One with the yeah. Bucks. Yeah, John say five-time NBA champion. Six-time NBA champion Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for second most points in NBA Finals history. So, uh, he's now scored, well, this is before game three. He's now scored 1,327 total points in his finals career. Uh, Kareem was second. Uh, he retired with 1,317 points. LeBron is still chasing who might be, no, not even might. He's chasing the greatest, NBA runner-up of all time and the league's logo, Jerry West. And they said, you know, he he wouldn't be able to do it in this final series, even if he averaged 50 points per game for the rest of the series, because Jerry West scored 1,679 points in the NBA finals in his nine appearances. Um, You know, in those nine appearances, Jerry West and his team went one and eight in the finals. So, you know, there's there's going to be this conversation is going to come up because you're going to have, you know, if LeBron keeps if this series keeps going the way it's going, LeBron's going to be three and six. There's no many no telling how many more times he's going to make it and either win or lose. But if his record keeps plummeting in the finals like this, there's going to be a big conversation about that later on in life about the top two scorers in NBA Finals history were both like the greatest runner ups that the league has ever seen. Um, so LeBron might want to <laughs> work his hardest to turn that around. Well, I guess, I guess the, thing, the one thing Jerry don't get that much. Jerry ain't getting no more. Jerry ain't getting more rings. But he already beat. <laughs> yeah. One and eight. But that's, these are things that you don't really hear about Jerry West though. So that's why I believe like what Jimmy says later, like 30 years down the line, like nobody's going to talk about, LeBron teaming up with with the with the Heat. Nobody's going to talk about Durant teaming up with the um, the Golden State Warriors. I mean, we were there, we lived it. So you know, until I'm dead in my grave, I'm going to call these bands. But that's the thing. Like as time goes on, these things just become like stats and like context is lost until you do the research. The problem is we live in a generation now where nobody wants to be researched. Nobody wants to just go by head. So do the research. There's always context. There's context to everything. Like when people talk about Wilt only did this, there's context to every every single finals loss that Wilt had is context to if you actually go back and read the history. Um, right. And, and some and some who want to who who want to argue for Rob will give context to that in terms of me being with them and you know that whole that whole the whole dynamic of injuries. Context to everything, man. Listen. I learned, I learned a while ago, man. No one's right and no one's wrong. It's all about your perspective. Word as far as being, that's where I got that from. But, yo, I got some, uh, I guess I guess I got to uh, hit the 
hit the horn for this, though. Uh-oh. Now, this may only be breaking news to my brother B. Austin because this is his sport. Um, which is a Kim soccer. Kardashian got Mumi yeah. out? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> it's about soccer. It's about, it's about, excuse me, they call it football. We call it soccer. But there's a World Cup coming up in Russia. Um, and there's a scam that just got exposed. Uh, they caught over 100 referees taking bribes. And they could even got one dude on camera taking bribes. Oh. Um, so oh. there's a big referee scandal that just like broke oh. in the world of uh, <laughs> soccer. Yo, yo, yo my man, my man, was it a cell phone camera? Yo, the one boy literally was uh, risked everything for six hundred dollars. He was about to like, you know, <laughs> promise, like. <laughs> so my man was just trying to pay his uh, his cell phone bill before they left for the. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was trying yo, to keep his phone knew, for the tournament. I knew <laughs> when it went to Russia that bribes were going to get involved because Russia is like a first world country in a lot of ways. But, yo, when it comes to getting money on the bribery tip, they do. They got third world all the way. <laughs> when it comes to getting money on a bribery tip, I got to make that a t-shirt. When it comes to getting money on a bribery tip. <laughs> on the bribery tip. <laughs> on the like bribery Russia. tip, bro. All right, so y'all can yeah, um, check out our cool. website at worldroomsports.com. But if you want to call... And and speak with us about any of today's topics. Dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is three two three four one zero 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 one two. Press one when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, just press one if you want to talk. And we're gonna quickly breeze through these on the grind topics because we got to get to the NBA Finals, of course. So while you're on the grind, is brought to you by the illustrious Sports the Book. You guys tired of reading the same old sports book? Were they having the same old conversations that you see every day about who's the GOAT, who's not the GOAT, who had more help, who didn't have help, all these imaginary lists and rankings and starting lineups and, you know, top ten lists that don't include Wilt, Magic, Bird, and all kinds of stuff that I've been seeing this week. (laughs) If y'all tired of all that bull crap, just be sure to pick up your copy of Sports. Now, stay with me because that's an acronym. Sports, if you can spell, smart people only read the sports. Figure that out yourself. It's a mixture of sports, hip-hop culture, and comedy that'll keep you on edge of your seat, it'll keep you laughing, it'll keep you thinking. Just go to sportsthebook.com and get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. Whatever you do, just don't miss the, the, the movement. And, of course, Sports the Book was written by War Room Sports' own Jimmy the Blueprint. Take your bow, good yo, brother, um, on a great work of art. Yes, sir. Yo, real quick, before you – I'll find you a quick question there. Did you see that New York mm-hmm. Post article about um, Kevin Durant and Kendrick Perkins? I didn't. I didn't. I ain't peeped that yet. Oh, yo, what I, I just want to bring this up real quick because I came across it, but the uh, New York Post had an article about, like, them, like, basically cussing at each other on the game. But they have a picture of both of them, and the headline says, Kevin Durant and the Cavs scrub had a bizarre exchange. Yeah! They didn't even put my man's name in the game. No! Like, that, that, that's yeah, I'm literally the headline. I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, did I submit an article to the New York Post today? That's what I was I know, saying. That's why I haven't like, I haven't freelanced in a while for another publication. <laughs> that's like, what they literally, that literally says on the headline. Like, the headline scrub. is crazy. <laughs> Yo, I might like print that out and put it in a frame in my man case. <laughs> and that's funny because in one of these uh, uh, 
grind topics, we're going to talk about Kendrick Perkins inserting himself into the NBA Finals without a uniform. All right, so <laughs> while y'all were on the grind, y'all man Gilbert Arenas is back at it. And, you know, when when he's in the news, <laughs> it ain't never nothing good. Stop. So basically, a woman has obtained a temporary warrant through the L.A. County Superior Court um, on him. I guess it's kind of like a, a, a restraining order or whatever. But she said that Gilbert Arenas, uh, well, they're claiming her to be a former girlfriend. So she hit him with the restraining order order she alleged that he blackmailed her by threatening to send nude pictures and videos of her to her 10 year old son so (laughs) so this is what she said she said gilbert told me he was watching me at my son's school and that he had just saw him go into class um he said he was waiting to get to my son's self get to my get myself son's cell phone number from his son i don't get what he's saying this this is weird he said he was waiting to get my son's cell phone number from his son. Oh, I, okay. Gilbert's son must be friends with this dude's son. They must go to school together. I'm, I'm trying to catch up because the, 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 head, the story is pretty choppy. So he was trying to get the cell phone number of this kid from his son to he, so he could send her child naked pictures and videos of she and Gilbert Arenas having sex. <laughs> then she <Yo>! said... <laughs> Then she said, like, the allegations get worse than just the blackmail part. She said that on May 23rd, Gilbert pushed her against the wall and demanded sex. She did it because out of fear, basically. And Gilbert, of course, takes to social media when all of this happens. And this dude says, which one of you funky bitches lying to me? 99% of you hoes couldn't get me to call you back after I hit. Now someone wants a restraining on me. He didn't say order. Once a restraining on me. Then he says, listen, I know my <laughs> my mini-me is like crack, but don't play yourself. Like, I'm bothering one of y'all. TMZ, hashtag, fake news. Yo, your man said his joint is crack. <laughs> Called it mini-me. He, he, oh, <laughs> yo. He, he said his joint is crack. He said, which Yo, one of you funky piyashi you know, you know. lying on me? Yo, Gilbert is always into something, even when he has not much going on in his life. Um, <laughs> always into what you happen, this is what happens when you give somebody a whole lot of money, but don't give them a whole lot to do. Um, <laughs> quick thoughts on oh this, my God. We can breathe through this. Yo, I don't know what to say other than, yo, Gilbert, man, like, you got to chill. Here comes Gilbert being Gilbert. Gilbert being yeah. Gilbert, man. If you know, you know. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gilbert. So we'll see what these allegations lead to because it sounds like not only did she say the blackmail, but, you know, she tried to throw a little Me Too action up in there. So Gilbert might yeah. be on the hot seat um, coming up because. I, I don't know the rules. Things, like a lot of dudes get, a lot of dudes run in fear when this kind of stuff comes up. He's going to embrace that and then just be more ratchet. So yeah, he's yeah, he's gonna make uh, everything worse. <laughs> and and I, I have a part. feeling even if he ended up in court over this, he's still going to be in court saying the wrong things against 
his lawyer's uh, advice. So absolutely, yeah. something's mm. wrong with the boy. Let's be off. You want to get entertainment out of somebody's, you know, possible misery, but it's going to be very entertaining if this is taken uh, any further. Um, Kareem, oh, Hunt. I am on. I am on. Uh, I'm on tape supporting this dude at some point in my earlier career, man. <laughs> no, no. It's crazy how life flips like that, man. It's crazy. He's just a very immature cat, but very, very, very entertaining. Um, Kareem Hunt, running back from the Kansas City Chiefs, allegedly punched a man in the face at an Ohio resort on Sunday morning after a verbal altercation. Um, nobody, you know, there's nothing has come out after the initial report with any details. They said the alleged victim reportedly didn't seek medical attention. Um, and he told TMZ that he didn't plan on pressing charges. So, you know, I, I, I don't know if this was somebody he knew. Maybe the fact that he's not, you know, pressing charges, like maybe this was one of his homies that he was supporting or something. He got out of line. He punched him in his face. You got to eat that because you want that check to keep coming. But that's just speculation. I just made that up completely. Um, in February, a 19-year-old woman told police that Kareem Hunt pushed her at a hotel in Cleveland, but Hunt and his friends said the accuser called him the N-word and punched one of his female friends. So whether or not that's true, I don't know. But, you know, we throw that out there sometimes because it's easy. <laughs> I know, you know, I'm going to do the same thing. If I ever get in trouble for punching a white dude in the face, I'm going to say he called me an N-word. Pretty much works. <laughs> So any thoughts on Kareem Hunt Before we move on He seems to have Well he seems to be establishing a history Of putting his hands on folks Yeah Kareem, Kareem seems Kareem to have typical some football man. behavior Footballer being a footballer yeah, He needs to chill man He needs to chill Like yo you need to chill dog <laughs> like, the deep, I mean yeah, but his I, hands I aren't, aren't that, Registered like a boxer I mean, I would, I'd say if he put his shoulder true, into you, true. put his shoulder into you, that might you, be an arrestable offense. My thing is that at that at that age, you got to learn to express yourself and fight without your hands. If you can't, then you got issues. Yeah, everybody not clever enough to destroy people with words. Um, I'm teaching my son that as we speak, because um, he got into a little verbal altercation at school the other day, and the people said when I came to school to get him, they said. He had gotten in trouble for saying something about some kid's mom. <laughs> I'm like, Yo. damn, it's 2018, younger, you still going to the mama jokes? Like, I got to teach you how to destroy somebody, be, you know, in a clever way where they even got to think about whether they got destroyed or not just now. Like, they got to really think about it. Like, did he just? <laughs> and, and you need some smarter people to hype it up. Like, yeah, he just, he just played you out. So I need to teach him that because the mama jokes, that's, that's so 80s. Your mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I think he said he said young boy called him an idiot. So Chase called his mom something. Your mom, an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still cool because it still sounds tough. But <laughs> dog, that's like that's the greatest that's the greatest line ever. Like when you just can't think enough. Just, Yo, your mom. <laughs> you like, say, your mom. You say your mom. Your mom. All right. Oh, Zeke Jack. <laughs> Got a report for y'all from for about Zeke and Dak. walking around in public with penis. Yo, Zeke and Dak on their guys trip to Florida um, went to some little convenience store and bought a bunch of 
penis-shaped squirt guns, and they holstered them up in their pants. In Zeke's case, he put it in his uh, fanny pack and had the penis part sticking up First out of, of the all, fanny why pack. Do you have a fanny there pack? are photos of this as well, of him walking through the club with a fanny pack with uh, a, a penis hanging out of the fanny pack. So they went around the nightclub brandishing penis, squirting penises and squirting each other and squirting women. And, you know, this was Dak, Zeke, and several Cowboys offensive linemen. So they they decided to squirt each other with some, quote-unquote, water wieners. Um, Is this a Jake Gyllenhaal, um, Heath Ledger situation here? Broke back Man. cowboys. Like, like, what are we doing? Walking around Man. squirting Yo. penises at each. Now, as Philadelphia Eagles fan, as just ignorant, <laughs> immature, intelligent <laughs> jokesters, it doesn't get more. This is a alley with a ladder. <laughs> oh, this is Bro. why the cowboys are the cowboys. <laughs> Yo, but I want to <laughs> ask why every. Cowboys fan within earshot. Are y'all still fans of this team? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the leaders of your team are yo, squirting penis guns. Yo, at they're each other. squirting penis the leaders at each other. Like at what? Like let's 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 roll this back, right? All right. So we're men of a certain <laughs> we're men of a certain age, but our youth isn't that far gone. Now I want you guys to think back you 15, are gay. to twenty years and say all right yo we going to uh where we going we going to the dominican republic we going to uh 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 cancun we yo yo jim we gonna go in the store we gotta get some liquor gotta get some weed (laughs) we gotta gotta get some penises to carry around and squirt each other with the penises and we're going to squirt some girls, too, but we're going to squirt each other, too. You know, that's most important that we squirt each other with the penis. Not real penis. <laughs> so my first question, oh, when I read this, is like, Yo. I just want to know who raised them, man. Were they a product Yo. of a single um, household? Who raised you? Jim, you got to get that on the soundboard. Who raised you? Yo. Yo. Yeah. Yo, they thought, they, in their mind, they thought that this was, Yo, I don't want to be of this generation. Like I have no, like I'm, yo, why is this okay? And they will argue you down, but we're not gay though. Huh? Mm. Yo, you fishy, running fishy. around the club with a dick. Oh my God. No. This is crazy, man. What has he done? Yo. Can you tell me? Big. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, somehow that's appropriate. That's appropriate. I don't know how. Because at the end, he said he's got the AIDS. So they squirting penises on each other. So you don't know. Like, this, this is just weird, man. But, you know, if y'all out there and y'all, you know, bang with the Dallas Cowboys, no pun intended. Casey Mack, I need an explanation. Lennel Hickman. Yeah, I called you oh, by your government. I need an explanation. Casey, Yo. Casey Mack can Casey, easily say, Casey I'm riding with the, uh, with the Chiefs. Exactly. Yeah, he can exactly. say I'm riding with the Chiefs, but it, but there's Cowboys fans everywhere and anywhere. So if y'all got an explanation for this, if y'all even gonna try to defend this, then you know y'all know our number. You know, first of all, 
Oh, y'all can hit us up. Three two three four one zero 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 one two. If you're a Cowboys fan out there and you got an explanation for your team captains running around buying penis guns for their offensive line and themselves and squirting each other and running around and squirting each other with them, um, if you got an explanation for that, hit us up. We would love to hear it. Shout out to the Dallas Cowboys and what they do. Now, back to Kendrick Perkins. As I said earlier, he's inserted himself into the NBA Finals and hasn't even been issued an official uniform. So the other night, (laughs) Steph, I guess he was shooting a a last-second three at the buzzer. He faded back to the out-of-bounds line, and Kendrick Perkins wouldn't move his foot. So I guess Steph might have tripped over his foot or something like that. Steph looks at him. Kendrick Perkins gets up off the bench. These guys square up on each other. Steph look him up and down like Martin did John Sally and Bad Boys. Um, (laughs) And Kendrick Perkins had some things to say about it in the media afterwards. Like he was on his, his, his whole tough thing. And he said, I don't think I'm the problem they want. (laughs) He, He basically said, I don't know why people, Keep wanting to pick battles this way. Might want to choose that effing way wisely, man, um, rather than effing with me. I don't think I'm the problem that they want, though. Might want to pick another battle. I, I Yo, come on, little mouth. Why has he got a pla- why has he got a platform for one and two? My thing is, if I'm Tyloo, people I'm gonna, love drama. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna take you at your work. I'm just gonna put you in the game and give like you know foul out real fast. And, but look, obviously, Jim, if he can't get in the game in a playoff situation, a final situation, a desperation situation where he can go out and goon it up and get six hard fouls on somebody, then all that means is Ty Lue, LeBron James, none of them believe that he's that guy in the first place. <laughs> I've never Why they bring him in, though? What did they bring him in for? He was one of those scrub dudes who got with a great team, and he took on their personality as his own. He was on a a, a good Celtics team. We've seen this plenty of times. Jimmy been – yo, Jimmy, Dad been dishing Kendrick Perkins for a decade. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Derek Fisher, I'm sure he used to run around the club like, you know, I'm the starting point guard of the Lakers. Like, Derek ended up having a pretty good – Career, but yeah. I mean, he, he, he asked Matt Barnes about the Derrick Fisher. You know, getting his ass whooped by a dude with a conk. <laughs> yeah, but no, Kendrick Perkins. You know, he he was around KG, who whose bark was way bigger than his bite himself. Even though he's one of my favorite players of all time, like he took that <laughs> and absorbed that, and he just ran around like he's a tough guy. But it's easy to be tough. When you're never gonna get in the damn game to be tough, at, you know you you tough on the sideline talking trash. Like when the last time Kendrick Perkins got minutes with anybody? Yo, why is why is he on the roster? And this is further to me. This is further proof why dudes climb up the Mount Rushmore is not as high as we may give him credit, man. LeBron, why did you put dude on your roster? Man? Yeah, your fault. how did B find a way to slander LeBron? Because why did he put boy on it? Because why Kendrick Perkins? <laughs> on the roster, He's on the roster getting a paycheck. 
and a veteran minimum at that because they're pay, they're paying Kendrick Perkins one point two million dollars prorated for this behavior. But they might have fallen for that themselves. B. They probably like all right, we got us a goon, and then they realize in practice Kendrick like, Perkins can't fight. <laughs> he kind of soft. But that's probably how they had to have, like, your man Osmond probably beat him up in practice, and they probably changed their mind about it. Yo, on the low. Jimmy's man, Osmond, I don't beat him up in practice. <laughs> they like, yo, yo I, know I, I, don't understand, I don't understand what the point was. Like, they picked him up in, like, April, I think. And yeah, he was in the G League, gooning it up down there. In the goon league. If you're not going to let him goon it up, what's the point? What's the, what, was the, what was the point? Like, what was the exercise right. for? Like, what are you doing? Because he can't play basketball. He's just tall. <laughs> like, he's, Yo. he's been trash since Yo. day one. <laughs> Yo. Your man, David West, went down to the end of the bench. I don't know if y'all peeped this. David West went down to the end of the bench and pulled Bull to the side and said something to him. So I don't know if David West is planning on removing him from the mix. Right. At some point or what? <laughs> you don't want to remove any. <laughs> now this he is a bigger thing that because I heard some some talking heads arguing over whether or not they think players should even be on the bench in suits in street clothes. Like people weren't saying like totally remove them from the situation, but some people were like, you know, second row maybe, locker room maybe. Like, do y'all think people should be on the bench when they're not playing? Yeah. You know, He's probably the same people that was complaining about Kyrie not being there. That, that is something, because some people yeah. be like, you can't even be on the bench with your teammates. And then people are like, and now those same people like, guys, you shouldn't be on the, on the bench. bench. Yo, this will all be this will all be solved, and this conversation wouldn't have have to happen if Kendrick Perkins wasn't sitting on the bench. If it wasn't That's Kendrick thing, Perkins, but Ken, like, I don't think it's a player thing. You're right. Players, I think it's fine for players to be on the bench. I don't think Kendrick Perkins should be on the bench, like. Period, because he shouldn't be on an NBA roster. So that's a whole different. Yeah, and he had a tight, and he had a tight brown suit on that looked like he painted poop on his suit. <laughs> if you know, you know. Shout out to the homie Vod from Tissue and the Date in the, in the uh, War Room Sports Game Time Group. He said, because we called him Scrub. Well, Jimmy, you posted that story in there. He said that's disrespectful yeah. to Scrubs everywhere. Perk is a bouncer. Bouncers yeah, <laughs> usually can fight. Yo, I think I think, I think Dev been trying to set up the role on Kendrick for a minute. I think it could happen. Want it? But what did he say? You know, he don't want these problems this way. Whatever he said. <laughs> All right, everybody. So that's what happened this week. <laughs> While y'all were on the grind, yes, Kendrick Perkins got a job. Y'all wrong. Kendrick, <laughs> <laughs> uh, your mouth too small to box with a god. Yo, man, this run. Before, Fly before through we these hoop, we can talk NBA. Hey, let me get some birthday shots real quick, man. Let me get some birthday shout outs, yo. Um, let's, let's, first of all, let's shout out Anna Kornikova, who turns seven. Got to give Anna Kornikova a shout out. Yes, sir. And not for her Anna tennis skills. Yeah. Anna can get some. <laughs> yo, David Diaz turns forty-two. David Diaz and turning forty-two. Big All right, now the God, the God to see Allen Iverson. You know what I'm saying? Jules. It's a holiday. Three. Salute, salute the Bubba Chuck. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm talking about. We talking about practice. Not. <laughs> he never gonna live that. Yo, <laughs> remember this guy, y'all? Napoleon Kaufman. 
Napoleon of course. Man, turns 45. He was good for like three quarters Two of minutes. the season. <laughs> Yo. Three quarters of the Terrell season. Terrell Buckley. Another oh, Terrell Buckley, you got to know when to hold. No, I would say underrated <laughs> corner in the mix of things, just because you don't hear his name anymore. You should still hear his name. Gambling man. Yeah. <laughs> the original. Terrence Mathis. Terrence Mathis turns fifty-one. Salute to Terrence Mathis. And the rest in peace. Shout out to one in Munson, uh, who passed away in uh, seventy-nine. Also, rest in peace to uh, Bert Sugar. Uh, Sugar. Legend Bert Sugar. Rest in power that got to the God. He looked like he just he just always looked like his life was amazingly fun. Like he was a gambler and a drunk and he um that was fast. Got to hang around with Tyson. Yo, he just looked <laughs> like to hang around fast women and slow horses. Interviews with Mike Tyson and, and all his chicks. Salute to Bert Sugar, man. Those are the birthday shout outs. We'd like to give a big warm salute to all these folks on their birthday or their birthday week. Salute. My birthday, yeah. All right, and real quick, for Jim talks about this NBA final stuff, man. Y'all can check out our website, www.warroomsports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about the NBA finals, now's the time to do it. Dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline, 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to holler. I know people like, yo. I've been waiting on the line all this time. I saw a couple of people hang up. Well, y'all keep giving out the number, but ain't nobody answering the phone. Our bad. Yeah. <laughs> if you're still listening, Our call bad. back in. I'm sorry. Our bad. We get carried away sometimes. Yo, but it's, get, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's time to talk about some NBA rap, man. And this is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Here's me. Dynamic, professional in affordable custom website solutions, you need extreme technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. You can get top quality results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And if you don't have it all, you can put something on it. You know what I'm saying? You can do that by calling 267-205-4203 or visit their website, digitalextremetech.com, and make sure you say that you got the number or Digital website from the Warroom Sports. Warroom Sports. You already know. Yeah. Time to talk about some hoops. I had to add this to Jimmy <laughs> while he was reading. No. <laughs> you know, you know. It's time to, to talk add about some hoops, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> what are we playing? <laughs> Yo, I think that's one of the illest ad libs ever. After you say something crazy ill. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That is fine. Boy, just verses like, push. <laughs> All right, Yo, um, we got to talk about the NBA Finals. It's the only basketball game going on. Um, Warriors versus Cavs. Um, yeah, everybody knows where we stand now after last night. What is it? Three zip at this point. Three zippo. Um, yeah, three zippo. Like, last time we talked to everybody, the series was just starting, wasn't it? It was just starting, man. LeBron is having a great what, series. What a difference LeBron is winning. If <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. All right. Y'all know we got to talk about the game one situation with JR and the homie George Hill. Um, taking y'all back to the situation. Remember, uh, George Hill 
goes to the line with a chance to put them up one. They're down one. He makes the first one, ties the game, misses the second one with like 4.6 seconds left. But J.R. Smith gets the rebound over Kevin Durant, who back early in this series, even though he's getting his numbers, was playing a little bit like a bitch. He J.R. rebounded it over him, but obviously didn't know what the clock situation was and the score situation was because he dribbled it all the way back to the three-point line, past the three-point. I don't know. He was trying to dribble to the locker room to run out the time. And the game ended up going into overtime. Cleveland never recovered. LeBron only got two of his 51 points in overtime. And they they lost by double digits after playing a very tough game one. JR took it on the chin for the rest of, man, I say the next two or three days until the next game started. JR took it on the chin. Because of JR taking it on the chin, George Hill kind of slid under the radar. What did y'all think about that entire situation as it was going on and I mean, everything that happened afterwards? I think that if that was anybody else other than uh, if that was anybody else other than J.R. Smith, it wouldn't have been a sin. The fact is, it was J.R. Smith, All right? So because you expect things Smith, like that from him at this point. Yeah, he has that reputation of you. Know, you do. You, know, you, you, do expect, you do expect that. But I think this is the first time that I noticed in JR's career where, you know, he's kind of like the class clown, where a lot of that stuff rolls off of his back. And you could see, you could visibly see that he was in, he was almost in anguish. Like he was really hurt by it. And it, and it, and it was bad because um, it, it, it wasn't really as costly as George Hill's mistake, which I believe is why you pointed to George Hill and him. JR's got the most press, but George Hill's was the most damaging. But but why? I was going to say he was that damaged because you don't make those kind of mistakes when you're on the LeBron legacy schedule. You just don't. What you be after LeBron and all the heavy lifting. Scored 49 points in in regulation. Y'all had a chance to beat a team that, you know, not a lot of people thought y'all were going to get that many games in this series. You had a chance to immediately change the the complexity, uh, the complexion of the series and, you know, the gaff by both of those players kind of ruined that. Now, as everything happened afterwards and it snowballed into this giant thing, I, I start to think that both of the mistakes are being a little bit overblown. Um, for a lot of people, it was another way to kind of, you know, defend LeBron. He did ball his, his, his life away. Um, but at the same time, I know you guys saw the, the footage, the raw footage of what happened on the bench the whole time between regulation and the start of, of overtime. And I don't think mm-hmm. that was handled correctly by anybody. Uh, LeBron as the team captain, Ty Lue as the coach of the team. You know, for a lot of that, they were just sitting over there, not saying anything to each other. Um, J.R. Smith looking scared to death to look up because LeBron was over there heated on fire. Then Ty Lue comes in, and he doesn't even address it. He, You know, he obviously gets asked by LeBron if they had timeouts. 
But then he just goes into whatever he's saying about what's happening in overtime. You got to address that kind of thing because at this point, these guys are scared to death to make another mistake because LeBron's not even speaking to this dude at this point. I kind of think as the team captain, I don't want to be overly critical of LeBron because these dudes are in the NBA. You know, at some point you got to be able to do things on your own. But we do exalt people for being, quote, unquote, great leaders, and we really don't even see that. We see the stuff that they want us to see. Now, when these guys didn't know the cameras on them, you know, you saw another side that didn't look too great as a leader. At some point, LeBron could even tell this dude, like, yo, that was boneheaded, blah, blah, blah. But at some point, all right, y'all, come on, snap out of it. It's over. Let's go out here in this overtime and let's finish these dudes off. It was none of that, and they went out there, and the team played as if there was none of that, and they didn't even have a chance. It's like they all just quit. The crazy part about that era, and I've seen a lot of errors in big situations and big games and, and Super Bowls and finals, but it just felt like that was so much bigger than that one game. And that, it felt like the series. I felt like that was the whole series right there. Because like a, a lot of people felt that was their only shot <laughs> to make yeah, it a series. because I think that – if you win the game, you put a little bit of pressure on the state. Who's shown in the past, they don't like pressure. Not that they can't handle it, but they don't like it. Right. So I, I found that to be very interesting, man. And that, that footage that leaked uh, about, like, you know, after it happened on the um, on the bench, that didn't look good for nobody, like you already mentioned. Like, mm-hmm. specifically, the, like, Brown looked bad, but I think that made Ty Lue look very weak. Like, very, hey, very he has weak no control as a leader. Like, dog, what are you doing? Like, you know. Even if your star was kind of in pout mode, all the time, like, there was time to do all of this. Instead of, you know, waiting for so long, I don't know why Ty Lue took so long. Maybe he was out talking to the officials or something. I don't know why it took him so long to come over there. It kind of seems like coaches these days think you're not allowed to engage your team until they come out of TV timeout or something. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of like idle time over there. I'm thinking if Tyron Lou sees the situation, he sees what's going on. Maybe you go to LeBron first. You get in his ear by himself. Like, all right, I know, I know. You know what I mean? I know. That's all you gotta say to him. I know. You don't have to be eloquent. Like, I know, dog. I know. But look, I need you right now. Get these dudes back in the right mind state because if you're not in it, they're not going to be in it. Like Jr. scared to death over here. He don't even want to look at you. You got to say something. Like, mm-hmm. and, and then you start addressing the team. And then you hope LeBron, you know, does his LeBron thing. But LeBron didn't even want to put his hand into the huddle when they were trying to. I'm like, at that point, you know it's over. Like, had we seen this before the overtime started? Had we been privy to that bench? We all would have known. I mean, a lot of us thought that anyway. Like, oh, y'all let this team back in it. Y'all going to overtime mm-hmm. pretty much. The better team usually, the cream rises to the top in overtime when you give them extra time. But, you know, it, had we been privy to that huddle, we'd have been like, oh, they don't even stand a chance. Like, they mess around not even scoring. <laughs> <laughs> and much. they barely did. Like, LeBron, who was balling all night, had, had two points in the overtime. And his body, he just looked like he was out of it. Like, those mistakes just stopped everybody in their tracks. But that's how it Pretty goes, much. and now they, they find themselves down three zip, and that could have been their best chance to make it a series. Like Jimmy said, put some pressure on the Warriors. Oh, Jesus, yeah, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Scott View. I hope this is a joke. He said, breaking news, Mike Brown is interviewing for the Sixers GM job. 
Oh my oh. god! <laughs> because y'all know he. We've it's already him. given he him his props as the greatest game. interviewer in the history of interviews. My man got a mean PowerPoint and Excel game. Yo, I he got up, the man. job. I hope, I hope uh, Scott you messing with us, man. <laughs> I hope he messing with us, man. All right. Yo, yo. <laughs> so, so no, yeah. no. Do y'all think that had yeah, any anyway. effects on them going into game two? Um, yeah, I definitely think there was a hangover. I think that right now the three of us feel the same way as LeBron and uh JR did hearing the news that Mike Brown is interviewing. Like that that puts <laughs> us in a very bad uh bad place in space. But um yeah, there was a hangover. Um, and, and with them, you know, from a talent standpoint, they have to, they absolutely have to um, play at their very peak to match the talent on the other side. So whenever something goes wrong like that and there is a hangover, they're done, man. They're, they're literally done. I don't, I don't see them winning a game in this, uh, in this series at all. I say that I, I still I find it hard to to believe that they'll get swept. Um, so I'm thinking you know maybe they get a, a game four win, just to salvage the embarrassment of a sweep. But really all they would be doing is is prolonging the inevitable, which you know in the end it's not a moral victory. But nobody wants to get swept, you know what I'm saying? And where LeBron's legacy is right here, he definitely doesn't need. Because a lot of people didn't give him a chance to win this series anyway. Like, only the most delusional LeBron fan would even pick the Cavs to win this series. Mm-hmm. But it, it would it would be a little bit of a hit to his legacy. Or not, because a lot of people, at, like you know, Jimmy always tell, no, no, tells no, no, us no. about how people just LeBron is winning later on. But to get swept in, in year 15... Especially in a year where everybody was praising you at how great you were playing at this time of your career, where we didn't, where we don't see a lot of people playing to this level in their 15th season in the league. Um, I think it would be a small dent, you know, to get swept at this point. Like we know, Golden State is great. At this point, they're going to go down in the annals of NBA history as one of the great teams, but you're still the greatest player of this era. Like you got to do something to will them <laughs> to at least one victory. Don't get swept. And I don't think he will, but you know, I the memes it. have already been queued up. I already sent y'all a few today. Like people already, <laughs> they got memes of, the gun. of the, of the, the warriors, gun. Uh, broom shopping and all that kind of stuff. If you ask me if we're picking, I got Cleveland in a game four win. You got. I think. I think it would be super damaging to the to the legacy, and they're just something was pointed out. There, there are things that there there are points in the game, and and this is nitpicky. I I will fully admit there are just points in the game, usually late, where you need to impose your will via scoring likely in that elbow extended area in that mid-range area that I feel like LeBron is just uncomfortable with like he can get those buckets normally but he's not proficient enough to where when he's under pressure like Le- 
I, comparing him to KD, KD can go to 16, 15 to 18 feet and just make that shot like it's a layup. And I feel like when there's no pressure, LeBron can. But when the pressure's on, he gets to that area, and it's like a no-man's land for him, and he's going to pass. He'd rather pull up. Like, I, I think that plays in big at the end of games where he could turn into that Superman for a minute or two right. and just get those buckets, and he can't do it. He well, can't do one, it. one, so. I think since game two, I think the Warriors' defense has, has definitely changed. Even when LeBron gets to the basket, he swarmed way more than he was in game one, and he finds yeah. himself missing layups when, you know, and in fact, he's probably, if not the, one of the greatest finishers that, you know, in our time at least, I can't speak on before. He's getting pretty foul. sure for Wilt, it was way more easier to finish. But he, he's one of the best finishers we've ever seen. Um that's one. Like they they were making him miss a lot of layups and a lot of short shots in game two and three. Um, but what he took a lot of criticism for, especially in game three, was when they got the matchup they wanted because NBA players seem to not know that there was ever a time that you can actually fight through a screen because they switch everything with no with minimal effort in the NBA these days, and it's glaring in this series on both sides, both teams. But they get the switch that they want. Every time the the Warriors come down, they want to switch. They want to get Kevin Love matched up against um, Steph Curry. And on the other side, on Cleveland's side, they want to get Steph Curry matched up on LeBron James. And they've been successful in doing it. Then he gets to turn his back and back him down. But instead of continuing mm-hmm. that, he always kind of looks to pass out when – you know, like I'm not going to be like those other people who are just ignoring the fact that Warriors are cheating off to help, but you know, there could be a little bit more aggression when he has Steph Curry down there and he keeps passing. Then at the end of the game, you know, LeBron wouldn't fight through screens when they needed him to guard Kevin Durant. He would just, you know, get a little weak screen. He would switch off on somebody else and KD would just go to work on whoever else was there to the tune of 43 points. Now, that's the one thing. I think defense on both sides, it's like, yo, if that's, if you don't want them to force you into matchups, then what happened to the days of running around fighting through a screen? I don't get it. Yeah. Have y'all noticed that? I mean, that, that's, that's an, that's an interesting observation, man. It's, it's, it's a lot of defense, but I think this is something that, um, I've seen throughout the playoffs, with the exception of, say, like the Celtics. The Celtics seem to be one of those teams that do fight through screens and aren't playing lazy defense. But And that's the thing I'm talking about. Even with the Warriors, they seem to play lazy defense because they can. Um, there's a lot of mistakes on both sides in terms of the, ch- the chess moves that are being made for an NBA final series. Um, right. But to me, like, and I know it sounds crazy, at the game, it's a, it's a wrap. Like, to me, that that's why I felt like, Ah, and I said I'm not the only one that felt that way. I felt like the country felt that. Like, that was it. One. I was hoping they pulled that one out. <laughs> not not that I'm rooting for either team, because I, I don't to care. To make it wins, but yeah. Absolutely. To give us I more like than four see, games. Uh, teams, <laughs> yeah, I just see teams with that pressure on them, see how they respond to that pressure. See if game two, if you don't get a little tight, because you know you have to at that point. Um, But they got game. They got this next game. Game three was interesting. Um, Now, you know, we're hearing the uh, – 
the whole LeBron has no help narrative that's being put out there. Um, yeah. And I think I think what's unfortunate for the Cavaliers is that they happen to be playing this um, Golden State team because I don't think they're a bad team, but when juxtaposed into who they're playing in the finals, it kind of like, you know, puts puts gas on it. So now it looks like you guys are really terrible. Well, not that terrible, but compared to that team that played in the finals, it's like, you know. Dude, it was the and, same thing and that's what people superstars see. that lived in the, the era of the Chicago Bulls. Like, mm-hmm. now, like, people talk, like, when when they do this whole LeBron and, and Jordan thing and you got the other side who, like, because there's been people, shout out to the homie uh, Court Bennett, who spammed our page all week. He put up at least 20 anti-Jordan posts. It's like a lot of people now want to, like, drag down the teams that the Bulls played in the finals and say that they're not, they weren't that good, you know, just to make a point to make Jordan seem a little bit weaker. And and it's the same thing. It's, you know, a lot of people didn't get rings in that era because the Chicago Bulls were dominant. I think there were at least three teams who had great shots at winning a title in the 90s if they didn't go up against that Chicago Bulls dynasty. And it's going to be the same mm-hmm. thing. Well, I can't even say the same thing for teams with this uh, team because they keep playing the same damn team. But I guess you could throw Houston in the mix too. Because if Houston wins that game seven, then most likely they get an NBA title. So it's like the, the yeah. now the, the dream shatterers are the Golden State Warriors when it used to be the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, notice mm-hmm. I'm giving the team prop, props. I'm not just saying Mike. It used to be the Bulls in the 90s, and now <laughs> Golden State is wrecking, wrecking shop. And teams and players mm-hmm. that should get rings, <laughs> something happened. Not until they're done. This is true. This is true, man. So it, it's, it's interesting, man. By the time we, uh, by the time we uh, reconvene next week, I'm pretty sure this. Is true. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we'd be on to something else because the finals is over. But then, but then, <laughs> this is when the arms race starts. This is when the arms race starts, and we get to see like how LeBron responds to that. Because some people are like will say that uh, you know Katie he did it, and now it's Bron's turn. Like we'll we'll see because. What the end found a way to do is somehow make the off season just as interesting as the uh, regular season by having an arms race. We'll get to see the NBA awards, and we'll see if they uh, switch it up on them and take the playoffs in consideration and give Bron the MVP. Even though I I would have voted him MVP in the regular season, but they act like Harden all but had it in the bag. Um, I would have voted for LeBron this season personally. Me too. Oh, great. Yo, anyway, man, let's uh, let's get out of here, man. Um, thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, those in group apps, salute to all you guys. Um, all the calls we called, uh, couldn't get in. We apologize for the dead. Like, you know, shout out to you. You know, special thanks to um, thanks everyone for who calls in all the time. <laughs> Fred Purdue always calls. And special thanks to all of our fans, man. Tune in next week, live right here on demand. We catch you up. Everything happening around the world of sports that includes coverage of the NBA Finals, which will probably be over by then. Not probably. They will be over by then. So until then, <laughs> weekend, we'll see you right back here next time. All of our conversations on Facebook, Twitter. You can read our blogs, webcasts, network podcasts, all that you can find at the Hub, which is warroomsports.com. Also, get sports the book at sportsthebook.com or back at the Hub, warroomsports.com. So until next time, everybody, don't accept me. Pretty. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you soon. Final week.
Thursday, 6 to 8, they do this. Shout out to Dez, PJ, B. Austin, Doc Bay on replay. WarRoomSports.com. Get that mobile app. It's knocked out. Call it 323 smoking double 012. They be going and you sensitive, then oh well. Yeah. Physical podcast, let's talk sports. Showtime like magic in the block push. Magic looking alive, push one to join in. Rip your team or listen for your enjoyment. Hip hop dollars, pit stop knowledge. Should be in sports credits, I ain't talking college. Five guys, no beef though. Corporate secrets, but the streets know. Bellafani, I got a chief flow. KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode. Two hours, get your game up. Who's the best in sports cast? You better name us. World of sports. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.